Father, that you are good and that you are faithful. Thank you that you're Emmanuel with us, whatever the issue, whatever the joy, whatever the valley, whatever the mountain. you're here. It's good to see you. And uh, a little bit closer than the baptistry so I can see you a little bit better. That's good. I like that. We've been on this sermon series, Do You Know Me? Looking at these kind of maybe unknown, little known Bible friends that we've read about, maybe haven't done much study with, but uh, it's been a joy just to be a part of it and uh, continue to hear good things and people enjoying what we're doing and the opportunity to be there. So we've looked at Epaphras, we've looked at Jethro, we've looked at Naaman's wife's maid, Jabez, Shifra, Pua, Baruch, Josiah, Mephibosheth, Priscilla and Aquila, Jairus, the second book of Acts, and Joanna. And most of those names we can't pronounce very well anyway, right? So we're learning some new, new pronunciations as we've gone through too. So uh, I'm so glad that you're here today and the opportunity to be together. I picked Archippus today. I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's how I'm going to refer to him. Every once in a while, I just might refer to him as Johnny Dasher suggested Archie. All right? So uh, I don't know if I'll remember that or not, but uh, Archippus, and uh, his, he's found in, in Philemon, and he's found in Colossians. So I kind of found it interesting to, to pick him. Um, a few years ago, this family right here, Ken and Andrea Jack, are with us. Uh, they're the first missionaries that we began supporting here at Majestic Baptist Church uh, 20 years ago or so. Um, they work with Ethnos 360. That used to be New Tribes Mission, but uh, you can't get into countries using New Tribes Mission anymore. Just like you can't use Campus Crusade for Christ. They, they're not going to let you into their country with those names. So Campus Crusade for Christ is now crew. And Ethnos 360, Ethnos meaning nations, 360, the nations around the world. Um, and so uh, about, I don't know, last time they were here, five, six years ago maybe, Ken preached on Archippus. And I don't remember everything of that sermon, just like I don't remember everything about the sermon I preached last Sunday, right? Just like you don't remember everything about the sermon I preached last Sunday. I understand all that, how that goes. But it, it, it intrigued me. And as I was looking through the names, you know, various names throughout Scripture, it, it just, it hit me. I remember that sermon. So that's in my mind for the past couple weeks. Okay, we tell you on the front of the bulletin what's next. So guess who called me this week? Archippus called me. No, 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 no. Ken Jack calls me this week. Just like that, just like God. Here I am going to preach on something he preached. I remember that. And he calls me, and he set up a time to be with us July 7th next, next summer as they travel through to California, and we could be able to be a part of their lives again. So just like God, they'll be able to do that. Just pick the deal. And I, I told him about that. I said, I'm preaching on Archippus. I remember you preaching on that many years ago. And uh, so what a, what a God thing to be able to do. It's one of those God coincident things, right, that God does for us. 
Well, he's mentioned a couple times in Scripture, and uh, they're coming up here. There's the two times, Philippians 1 through 3. You don't need to put a 1 with it because there is only one chapter, all right? So 1 through 3, and then Colossians chapter 4, verse 17. So Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Athea, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house, grace to you, whoa, whoa, who typed this thing up? Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And to say to Archippus, as Paul is talking, see that you fulfill the ministry that you received from the Lord. Now, just in case you think I'm blaming somebody for taking for typing these up, I typed them up. Okay, so just so you know, I'm not blaming a secretary. I typed them up, put a little bit more in there than I should have, right? Should have gone back over that yesterday. So that's the two times that Archippus is mentioned here in, in Scripture. And I think that, that these passages and what we'll say today fit very well with this emphasis we've had over the past three or four weeks on taking our next step with Jesus Christ. What is the next step that God is speaking to you about? Because that's what a disciple does. That's what makes a disciple. Somebody who's willing to take the next step with Jesus. And to obey Him, whatever that step is, whether it's a very small step, whether it's a big step, it doesn't really matter. What matters is, as God reveals to us what we, He wants us to do, that we would take and obey and move the direction that He wants us to move. It also fits well with our emphasis and this year our theme, everybody in, all in. Yeah, pretty good, that's pretty good, yeah, alright, you're getting it, about about time that we started emphasizing it. Didn't do a good job the first half of the year. But we're doing a better job now, and it's picking up. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much for being with us. So so from these verses, looking at what we have, Philippians, or Philemon 1 through 3, it talks about him, and it talks about Philemon and Aphia. Now, we don't know this per se, but it's surmised that they were husband and wife. Again, we don't know it for certain, but it could be as he puts them together, as he talks about Philemon, and he talks about this dear, dear Athea, that they could be married. We don't know for certain, but it seems that that could be a very real possibility. It could be that Archippus is their son. Again, we, we don't know that. It doesn't say in the text, Right? But the way it's put together, it could be that Philemon and Aphia are married, and Archippus is their son. Now, I can tell you something that I know is true. I should open my Bible here to make it a little bit easier. Let's see, Philemon, 1st and 2nd Timothy, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus and Philemon, alright? So, we do know this, though. There is a church in their house. It says that. To Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. So we don't know if they're married. We don't know if Archippus is their son. But we know this definitely. There is a church in their house. Okay? Got that part down. Now, another surmise. It's possible that Archippus is the pastor of that church in their house. Again, it doesn't say that. We know a little bit more from Colossians about him as being a minister. 
it could be that our Chippus is the pastor of the church in their house, and this house would be in Colossae. The book of Colossians to the, to the church of Colossae. Those are things that, that we, we don't know, but as we look at it and do a little bit digging, and people did way more digging than me to get to those thoughts, those are all possibilities. That Philemon and Aphia are married, Archippus is her son, there is a house, in, there is a church in their house, and that Archippus may be the pastor of that church. But here's something else we know, very definitely that we know from this passage. Paul identifies Archippus as a fellow soldier. Right? He says that right there. Archippus, our fellow soldier. So we know about that. Of course we know that that Paul is referring to a soldier in Christ at this point. A fellow laborer, a worker, a colleague, somebody who's working together to be able to give the gospel out to those that are around him. But, but as we think about that, let's just ask this question, just in the physical sense. How many of you men or women served in the military? Raise your hand up proudly there. Keep it up there. There we go. All right, let's thank him for that. Thank you so much for your service. We appreciate you. You're very valuable to us. For those that we know that are serving right now, we are grateful for them too. As I think about it, and I didn't serve in the military, but thinking about this, and some of you who served, you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, or you might be able to add to what I'm going to say about what does a soldier do. Um, We know this, that a soldier fights for his or her country. It's important to them. They've taken this vow to be able to serve their country. A soldier should obey the commanding officer and their commands. Yes, sir, right? No, sir. A soldier, whether he or she, should serve with excellence. A soldier must stay focused on the task that's before him. A soldier's on the team and needs to be a loyal teammate. And a soldier is going to care for and protect his colleagues, his comrades, his team players. With Mike, did I get it right? Is that right? Bruce, Jim, all of you that have served. Those are things that a soldier does. And there's more, of course. But again, Paul is relating this to a spiritual soldier. And he does that in another place, too, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. He starts out in this great verse, 2 Timothy 2.2, 2 Tim 2.2, this discipleship verse. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And then he goes and he shares about a soldier and a farmer and an athlete, but we'll just look at the soldier part. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Again, Paul takes this soldier imagery, this metaphor, this this illustration to help us understand how we should live as spiritual soldiers, as fellow soldiers before him. He says this. He says, soldiers may suffer. And soldiers that are here know about that. As I was thinking about some of the suffering they could do, boot camp breaks them down as a civilian so they can be built back up as a soldier. 
They're exposed to the weather. They have to eat, what do they call those things you have to eat in the can? Right, rations, MREs, MRE, I don't know what it stands for, really good food or something like that, that stands for. <laughs> What's that? Meals ready to eat that are really delicious, of course, right? <laughs> uh, they're on call 24-7. They may be separated from their family. Many of you probably separated from your family and deployment. They may experience physical loss, the loss of friends, even, unfortunately, the loss of their life and their service for their country. In much the same way, Christian soldiers, pastors, and I'm going to include you, parishioners, may suffer for the Lord. And experience disappointment, discouragement, disillusionment, and or dissatisfaction. So we all suffer. As fellow soldiers working together, we all suffer when our friends or individuals around us de deconstruct their faith. When there are just so many problems to attend to. When prayer doesn't seem to work. For pastors, when we preach a poor sermon. Of course, that never happens. But anyway, it could happen to a pastor, right? When promises are not kept. When attendance is lagging. When staffing is short. When finances are down. When marriages are struggling. When sports are more important than church. When COVID hits and things shut down. When addiction impacts individuals. When a family is unfairly scrutinized for something. When a mistake is made, apologized for, and when forgiveness is not granted. When death occurs. When a job loss occurs. We all face those things together. But I can tell you many of those things as a pastor are discouraging. And they're difficult. And they're hard on us. In each of these items, there's a spiritual element that's involved. And it adds to the severity of the issue. Just this week, I read in the Baptist Press, said this, the beginning of an article. Three years after the start of COVID-19, of the COVID-19 pandemic, churches have fewer people in the pews, more money in the collection plate, and less conflict than they had in 2020. Despite their struggles, many congregations are optimistic about the future. Clergy dissatisfaction, on the other hand, remains on the rise. It's been a tough three years for us as pastors really difficult. We weathered COVID pretty well. We lost a few family by decisions we made. But you know what? As a body, we came together. And you might not have liked all the decisions we made. I understand that. I didn't like all of them either, but some of them we had felt like we had to make. But we weathered it well. And I thank you for that. 
I thank you for working together as fellow soldiers on the Lord's team. So grateful. Being a pastor, like Archippus, or a minister, is a piece of cake. It's easy. We work one day a week, Sundays, and the rest of the week we play golf, we eat Schuster's Donuts, and we watch Sports Center all day long. And, what's that? And I get paid for it. Yeah, it's, it's a really good gig. <laughs> that's not in my notes, Hank, but that's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> Being a pastor is not easy. But neither is being an employer and an employee in any job. I recognize that. We meet as an elder team or a deacon team. And I listen to the stories of what those men have been through in their work jobs. I realize sometimes my job is easier than they have to do, what you've had to do in your work world. You see, we all face the, the same personnel or job-related issues in work. You've heard the statement, if it weren't for people, the job might be easy, right? <laughs> we know this. The pastors are humans, and they have their personality quirks and issues that don't always make working with them easy either. Yeah, I got mine, right? <laughs> not everybody, and you might find this hard to believe, but not everybody likes my perspective, or my preaching, or my personality. Can you believe that? <laughs> but it's, it, it's true. Not everybody does. And I understand that. You know what? Not everybody likes yours either. It's just the way it is. We're humans. And we're working together with what God, how God has equipped us to work together as fellow soldiers for his kingdom. We may suffer. Pastors may suffer. Parishioners may suffer for living out Jesus Christ. It's not easy to work together. But as we look at this verse in 2 Timothy... Paul also reminds us this, that military soldiers and spiritual soldiers, too, should not get distracted but stay focused on the task at hand. And we may suffer, but in our job, in our responsibility, we need to stay focused on the task at hand. The military soldier has a mission. The mission is supreme and needs to be carried out with the greatest of diligence and excellence. Why? Because ultimately, they want to please their commanding officer. The command is given. I want to please my commanding officer. Because that's important. And we need the same in our Christian walk. We need to stay focused, not get distracted on the spiritual mission. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, The gate is narrow. The gate is narrow. Broad is the way that is easy, that leads to destruction. But the gate is narrow, and the way is narrow. And 
need to stay on it. You need to stay focused. We need to stay focused on the task at hand in following the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because we want to please who? God, Jesus, King Jesus. He's our commanding officer. We want to please him for his glory. Jason and Gabe, you please Jesus this morning. You please Jesus this morning. You took the next step. This is what God said they needed to do. And what did they do about it? They said, yep, we're going to do it. What a joy is to be, able to be a part of that as a pastor. But as a parishioner, too, you guys celebrate so well. You recognize this is important. This is valuable. They're taking the next step in obedience to King Jesus. Because Jesus has said, this is what you should do. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Paul and Timothy and Philemon, as he talks about in those first verses, Aphia, Archippus, and the brothers and sisters who are a part of the house church are all on the Lord's team and are all fellow soldiers together. And we at Majestic are on the Lord's team too. Amen? We're together. We're working together for His glory, and we want to please Him. We will be exposed to spiritual weather, to difficult spiritual weather. We may not prefer all the spiritual food that is served. We may be called to serve at unwanted times. Our serve may separate us from our family at times, and we will suffer the loss of friends to spiritual deception, other churches, and even death. It's going to be a part of our lives. Tradition says that our chippus, our chief, that he was one of Jesus' 70 disciples and suffered martyrdom at a city near Laodicea. Again, I, we don't know that per se, but, but tradition says he did suffer and that he lost his life for King Jesus. But we're in this spiritual battle together because we are a spiritual family and we're better together. We're all together in this. And we're better together. We need each other. We need to fight for and defend our spiritual family. We need to obey Commander Jesus' commands. We need to serve with excellence. We need to have each other's back as loyal teammates. We need to care for and protect our comrades. And we need to stay focused on the mission as we've defined it at NBC. Living for Jesus. Loving people. Making disciples. Changing the world. We haven't done as well getting that one out. <laughs> it's only been there about 15 years, but we still haven't quite got that one, right? That's our mission, to live for Jesus and to love people and to make disciples, to pass on to other people, as 2 Timothy 2, 2, 2, Tim 2 says, to pass on to other people who will also teach people, who will keep the discipleship process going. That's what we're called to be able to do and to make disciples and to see the world change through God's work for us. Archippus was his fellow soldier, just like we all are together, in the battle, in the spiritual battle. As we look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 17, when Paul says, And say to Archippus, See that you fulfill the ministry that you have received from the Lord. As I started looking at that passage, I was trying to look at it and evaluate it. Are those words of condemnation? 
In other words, in a sense that Archippus needed some exhortation. Uh, that is one of the spiritual gifts, and I sometimes defined it. It might be a little bit crude, but I've defined it as a kick in the back, a kick in the backside. You need a little exhortation, a kick in the backside to get going. Or were Paul's words maybe just a, a little bit more gentle encouragement in the sense that Archippus has been doing what he should be doing, and Paul is clapping and cheering him on? I don't know. Can't go back to Paul right now and say, what did you mean by that? Was it exhortation, a push? Or was it just gentle encouragement, a nudge to be able to keep going? As I was thinking about those verses, I, I came across an illustration that literally I read 40 years ago. I think Chuck Swindoll gave it many years ago, and I'd get a newsletter from him every month. It's about little Jamie Scott. They even use the same word. It's like, this is amazing. I read this about two weeks ago, but I read it 40 years ago. Little Jamie Scott was all excited because school play was going on. He's an elementary little kid. He's all practiced up. He wants to make a part in that play. His mom was a little bit concerned whether he would really actually get a part. But she didn't want to discourage him, of course, and say, well, you know, Jamie, you're not going to get a part, so you shouldn't even try, right? As a parent, they're encouraging their son to do what needs to be done. So they had the tryouts in the morning, and the mom went to pick him up, and she was a little bit fearful about what she was going to hear. And she said, as he came, little Jamie Scott came to the car. He had a big smile on his face. And she thought, that's a pretty good deal. And she said, as he gets in the car, little Jamie says to his mom, 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 I'm so excited. I got picked to clap and cheer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we're called to do. We're called to clap and cheer one another. Whether it's through maybe exhortation, a little bit of a push, or whether it's just a gentle nudge of encouragement. As I think about ministry, here's what the Lord brought to my mind, thinking about this verse. See that you fulfill the ministry that you've received from the Lord. Think number one. Archippus is a pastor. He's a minister with a ministry. You may not be a pastor, but all believers are ministers with a ministry. All believers, you, me, all of us, all of us fellow soldiers, we are ministers with a ministry. You have a shape, as it's been called spiritual gifts, every one of you. As a believer, you have spiritual gifts. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. It's easy to remember where they're at, where they're listed. And there's probably more than that. I believe you probably have more than one spiritual gift. But all of us have a spiritual gift. All of us have a heart. We have a passion. God has put within our heart and our soul and our mind something to do for Him and to be a part of. You have abilities that God has given to you that He wants to have you use with us to be able to grow the kingdom, to be able to be together as a spiritual team, as fellow soldiers. All of us have a personality that God wants to use. And some of you really have a personality. We all, God's gifted us that. Why? To be able to use it in people's lives. And we all have experience that God wants us to use for His kingdom's sake. 
right? Y'all have experience? Do you work a job? Yes. Do you have kids? Yeah. We all have that. And God wants to use our shape to shape and to help and to build up the body and to make a difference in their lives. You see, when you use your shape, the body at Majestic will be more healthy. If you don't use your shape, the body will be less healthy. And I know you're convinced, and I'm convinced, I want our body to be as healthy as possible. Right? Yeah. Doing what God wants us to do. All of us, all of all believers are ministers with a ministry. Let me quote Paul. See to it, my friends. See to it, my friends, that you fulfill the ministry that you've received from the Lord. Secondly, you are a steward. I'm a steward of that ministry the Lord has given to us. When you use your shape to fulfill the ministry the Lord has given you, you'll please Jesus, your commanding officer. When you don't use your shape to fulfill the ministry the Lord has given you, you will displease Jesus, your commanding officer. Anybody want to be on the pleasing side? <laughs> I know you. That's why you're here. We want to be on the pleasing We want God to, to be able to say of us, you've done a good job, to clap and cheer for us. Let me use Paul's words again. See to it, my friends, that you fulfill the ministry that you have received from the Lord. We're all ministers with the ministry. And we are steward of that ministry. A manager of it. God has given it to us. It doesn't belong to him. It belongs to him. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to him. And we are to steward it. We are to manage it well. Thirdly, you and I will give an account for our ministry. Paul is calling into account Archippus in his ministry right here. He's holding him accountable for what there. See to it, Archippus, that you fulfill the ministry that the Lord has given to you. But more importantly is the counting that will take place with the Lord who gave us his ministry. For 2 Corinthians 5.10 tells us this. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for his work, for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Someday we will give an account for how we've used the Lord's ministry. We'll all stand and give an account for that. Why? Because the Lord cares. He gave us the ministry. And he wants us to steward it really, really well. And when you and I appear before the Jesus, the gracious rewarder, you will want the Lord to say to you what? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You stewarded the ministry that I gave to you. You stewarded yourself. And you, are, you have pleased your commanding officer. Because Jesus is the gracious rewarder. Paul's words again. See to it, my friends, that you fulfill the ministry that the Lord has given to you. And fourth, this is really important. You have the Lord's help to help you with his ministry. He just didn't give it to you. He didn't give you your shape. He didn't give you this ministry and say, well, go do it. You know, da, da, da. No, he, he's here to help us. 
The Holy Spirit's called the paraclete, the one who walks alongside us, the one who can help us, the counselor, the one who wants to multiply and empower us and guide us and assist us in the ministry that he's called us to. Anybody ever heard these words? Great is thy faithfulness, right? Great is thy faithfulness. He didn't bring us this far to let us down. He's right there with us. And he wants to empower you. He wants to empower me in our ministry because he's walking right there with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He wants to help you and empower you, guide you, assist you in the ministry that he's called you to be a part of. So, fellow soldier and minister, because we all are, how are you fulfilling the Lord's ministry? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I don't know. Usually we think about when Paul gives these words. Was Archippus, was Archie plateaued in his ministry? Was he discouraged? Was he just half-hearted in his ministry where maybe things were going well for him? And I'm asking you, myself, do you need some exhortation? Do you need a kick in the backside to get going again? Now, fellow soldiers might understand that. <laughs> They understood, you know, things came across to them, uh, not as a, well, think about it, I think you should. No, this is what you're going to do. They got lots of exhortations. And what would they say when that exhortation came? Yes, sir. You ever heard a song about that? I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly or the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yeah, a few of you know that song. <laughs> you should try it in Spanish. It's really hard to get across. <laughs> we have used it down there in Warren. Yes, sir. Lord, this is what you called me to be able to do. And I don't just say yes, sir, because you know you're you're not not gracious, God. No, you're right there with me. You're you're there. You're helping me. Maybe you just need today a gentle nudge of encouragement. Keep going. You can do it. You're doing a good job. We're thankful for you. Thanks for being a part of the team as a fellow soldier. I don't know. Maybe many years back, Paul was just foreshadowing what Hans and Franz from Saturday Night Live said. We're here to... Pump you up. <laughs> I hope that's what happens today. We're here to pump you up. Encourage you. To help you. To move ahead. To say yes to the next thing the Lord has for you. To take that next step with Him. Everybody in all the Lord has a ministry for you and he wants to help you fulfill it. He wants you, He's going to help you be a good steward of the ministry he's gifted you for. Maybe you don't know what it is. Well, then get involved and start serving and it'll become clear to what the ministry is the Lord has called you to do. So I'm going to give you some thoughts and some suggestions. 
next steps, ministry steps. Maybe it's giving. Maybe the Lord's been speaking to you about giving. And I want you to be the best steward you can be of your finances. I'd like to encourage you to be a tither. I'd encourage you, that's a 10%er. I'd encourage you to go past that. So you say, I can't do it. I don't, You try it. See what God does. Malachi chapter 3. Give it a shot. Thank you for so many who give faithfully. But think what could happen if everybody tied and looked to that. It would be amazing. Maybe it's to be able to give. We start the Nicey Murphy State Missions Office for Colorado Baptists. We'll talk more about that in the days to come. But it said this in their little flyer, and it's in your bulletin. It's right on the front of the bulletin. It says this, Imagine how much we can do for the kingdom of God when we partner together in Colorado to advance gospel impact in Colorado. Imagine what can happen as we get together. That's what we're going to talk about in the RGBA meeting, the Royal Gorge Baptist Association meeting on the 24th. Coming together. How do we come together as a 23 church, 22 churches in southern Colorado? How do we come together to, to make a difference, to give the gospel out, to increase the kingdom and God's work in the midst of what God does? Yesterday, as the Convoy of Hope took place downtown Midtown, a number of you served in that. Thank you for your service going down there and just helping the kiddos in the bounce house. That was our serve, to be able to open doors for people as they got groceries, as they got haircuts, as they got shoes, and as they went through a prayer tent, be able to pray for them. What an opportunity to be able to do that. But God used, God used that in a powerful way. You'd open the hearts of these people so they might come to know Jesus Christ. Maybe that would be a way to give. Baptism is another way. God's going to speak into you about that. You see this, and every time you see this, you get just a little bit of guilt. Your shoulder gets just a little bit of heavy because the Holy Spirit's sitting right there. He's saying, this is what you need to do. Yeah, I know you're an adult. I know you might be embarrassed by that. You might get your hair wet. I know it's easy for guys. It's not a big deal, right? Women, I really do have great respect for you to get baptized. It's very significant that you would do that your hair is very, very important. It's significant to me. It's humility to do that. There's some work projects that you could be involved in up at Howard, just down the road down here, about an hour and a half. We're trying to reignite that church. We have a church planter coming in, coming in from Canada. He has eight kids. Imagine the faith of that man to come and to leave where he's from to come to a little town, what, 499 good people in one swordhead or something like that that says on their sign as you come in there. Imagine the faith of this man, and we have some projects that we could go and, and we could help out there to help get the parsonage ready for this man and his family. Disaster relief training for our Colorado Baptist is taking place this Friday and Saturday. You could be a part of that. In time, we will end up in Maui, in Hawaii, and we'll be sifting through, trying to help people find the things that survived the fire, that will mean a lot to them, maybe a ring, if they can just find a, a little bit to be able to help them move forward and give out the gospel. We're in Florida, working through the, the hurricane, along with others, of course. But that might be something you can do. Be part of food preparation, chainsaw, mud out, 
what a tremendous ministry you could be a part of. We have 12 men going to Juarez. I'm excited about that. We go October 5 through 8 and build a home for a single lady with two kids. The area we built the Sunday school, our Sunday school building last year. The ACPC banquet, boldly taking a stand for life in the womb. Man, did Seth, the speaker Seth, deliver it on Friday night. Man, that guy, whoo, man, he gave it. Or maybe that's the ministry God's called you to to be a part of. Preschool servants here in our church. There's some new people working in Awanas. Man, I'm so excited to see that Friday night. In our youth, Jeff and Daphne helping out in our youth. FCA, be a part of Elisha's ministry out at the high school, Pueblo High School. Could be a part of that. Loving on these kids, helping them to find Jesus. I know Todd could use help. Worship tech team back there. Some of you have gifts you can sing. You have you play instruments. You, know, you could be a part of this. Maybe that would be the next step for you. Some of you, we'd love to see you in Sunday school in small groups. We're fellow soldiers. We need to be together. It is so important. The ladies' Bible study, going to the retreat. Those are things just to draw people together and to help you grow and mature and help you to be cared for, but also you to care for others because we're called into community. Grief Share is going to start this Thursday night. Financial Peace University openings there. Mentoring. Who are we mentoring? Who are we passing the faith along to? Our prayer ministry on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday, Tuesday afternoons. Get people gathered here at the church. We pray for those cards. We pray for the needs of our country and and our community that are around us. Maybe that's something you could do. Say, I've never done it before. Well, come out and do it. You could do it. It's a joyful time of developing a relationship with one another, too. Maybe God just might be calling you to the mission field. Been on your heart. God's been speaking to you. Say, well, you know, God's speaking. Look into it. See how God wants to use you in a pursuit of what he has for you. So that you can say, yes, sir. Father, we all want you to say to us, well done, that good and faithful servant, that we have fulfilled the ministry that you have given to us. It's your ministry. If we need some exhortation, pray today we provided that. We need some encouragement. I pray that that was exactly what we need. We know this. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. So whatever you called us to, you're going to empower us. You're going to help us. You're going to encourage us. You're going to walk alongside us. And Yeah, we might have a little bit of fear, a little bit of trepidation. But Father, you're going to be right there with us. And I think you've said somewhere in Scripture, maybe 400 times, fear not. Don't be afraid.